Listener Production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Thursday, the 11th of November. Australians will pause for a minute at 11am this morning to mark Remembrance Day. Services are being held around Australia as we honour those who served our country and the many who made the ultimate sacrifice. Poppies are also being projected onto the sales of the Sydney Opera House, while in Melbourne, pigeons will be released from the Shrine of Remembrance. Minister for Veteran Affairs and Defence Personnel Andrew G says now more than ever, we can come together to pay our respects. Remembrance Day remains one of the most important days on our national calendar and as the lockdowns have now lifted and things are opening up Australians can now come together as they haven't been able to do over the last year or two to pause and remember Queensland is again on COVID alert this Thursday morning after two new local cases. One infection is on the Gold Coast and authorities are concerned they were in the community for around six days while infectious while the other case is in Warwick and is connected to New South Wales. While Queensland has now hit the 80% single-dose vaccine milestone, there are concerns about low vaccination rates in regional Queensland, especially with borders reopening mid-December. Here is Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Partnerships Minister for Queensland, Craig Crawford. You need to do this to protect... You, to protect your elders, protect your old people, because they're the they're the they're the people that this virus is going to seek out. Um, it will find the unvaccinated people in houses and communities, and it will target them. Meantime, Moderna has joined the race to administer vaccines for younger Australians. The Therapeutic Goods Administration has now cleared the way for Moderna to seek approval for its COVID jab to be used in children aged between 6 and 11. Epidemiologist Professor Catherine Bennett says the vaccines are important in keeping children safe and schools open. If it does pass the test and is seen to be you know, a viable option, then it can help children not be sent home from school, um, even if they're exposed to the virus because they're less likely to pick it up. And a number of flood warnings have been issued for wide areas of Australia after record rainfall. Alice Springs recorded its wettest November day in 20 years, with 100 millimetres falling in just one day. Now the Weather Bureau has issued severe weather and flood warnings for southern Queensland and northern New South Wales, with conditions set to worsen over the next 24 hours. Now let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground to New South Wales and one of Australia's most wanted men has spent another night behind bars after being busted by police in a shipping container near the Queensland border. After a number of weeks on the run, 33-year-old Mustafa Balouche was found in the boot of a Mercedes car inside a shipping container early yesterday morning. Our reporter Michaela Savage has this report from Sydney. Yeah, that's right, Tash. Mustafa Balouche was arrested by police yesterday after being on the run for two weeks. He disappeared late last month from Sydney's northern beaches after allegedly cutting off his ankle bracelet while on bail. Mr Belouche was allegedly involved in an operation to import millions of dollars worth of cocaine into Australia. The New South Wales Police Minister, David Elliott, says it was only a matter of time before he was found. Those that thought that Mustafa would never be brought to justice can now just reflect on the fact that first-class, well-resourcing policing will never see a bad guy get away. 
The 46-year-old truck driver who took him across the border was arrested and charged in Grafton. Several hours later, the truck's been seized to undergo forensic and compliance-related examinations. To South Australia and privacy practices at the state's ambulance service are now under review after a major data breach affecting thousands of patients. Sean Maynard has this report from Adelaide. Yeah, Tash, SA Ambulance has been attracting enough negative headlines without this in the past 12 months. The hospital ramping crisis has never been far from the news bulletins here. You could argue probably more so that reflects badly on the government. Now there are some issues to do with privacy. Data of patients patients who were treated between 2000 and 2003 has been stolen. Uh, We're told none of it is financially sensitive information, but names, dates of birth and specific medical conditions have been taken. Uh, The ambulance service says they've found nothing to suggest the thieves were actually targeting the patient records, but they have started reaching out to around 28,000 people whose data has been breached. Uh, They're all getting apologies. The organisation says it takes privacy extremely seriously and while it's not gone into too much detail about it, we're being reassured action has been taken to try and ensure it doesn't happen again. Now for the latest in business and finance news, we're joined this morning by Peter Switzer from theswitzerreport.com.au. Peter, good morning. Now, some may say the trend for working from home has changed forever, but big office block developers beg to differ. That's right. The number of employees working from home remains high compared to pre-pandemic Australia, but big property developers think the trend will wane. The Australian reports this morning that the property giants are betting on workers returning to the office pressing ahead with up to $7.8 billion in new projects in Sydney, Melbourne and Brisbane, believing corporate Australia will want premium space to lure staff back on site. And Peter, this is a very interesting story. One million Australians were told officially that their super funds weren't up to scratch, but they did nothing about it. Yeah, well, if you need any proof that too many of us ignore their super, then knowing that only 7% of Australians in failing super funds bothered switching accounts after the government introduced a superannuation performance test. Now, the AFR says dud funds kept their super customers by sending misleading info and by promoting other benefits such as theme park discounts. And Peter, job ads are surging, which is great news, pointing to a booming growth and employment ahead. But there is a massive problem, especially for many small businesses and big companies, a serious lack of good workers. That's right. And after the lockdowns in New South Wales and Victoria, recruiting website Seek says it has posted the highest number of job advertisements in 23 years, but workers are not applying for the jobs. NAB's boss, Ross McEwen, says hundreds of thousands of people left Australia because they were on temporary or student visas and we need to get them back ASAP. Peter, thank you. Cheers. <laughs> The sport now with Brett Thomas and Brett New Zealand is the first team through to the T20 World Cup with a stunning win over England this morning. Good morning, Tash. Absolutely, it was stunning. The Black Caps netted 57 runs in the last four overs and they got there with an over to spare. Daryl Mitchell, the opening batsman, is the hero, top scoring with 72 while other wickets were falling around him and fittingly, he smacked the winning runs. Full toss, won't be a no ball. Will it go for four? It does. Mitchell does it for New Zealand. 
on Fox Sports there. They face the Aussies or Pakistan who play their semi tomorrow morning. And Aussie T20 skipper Aaron Finch has laughed off some of the doubts surrounding his World Cup side. You tend to hear things or, or see the odd quote or comment that people have written you off. And it's interesting how the narrative can change really quick. About 10 days ago, our team was too old and, and now we're an experienced team. And uh, in terms of Ashes selection, the calls for Usman Khawaja to be picked will grow louder, scored a fighting 70, while Queensland was rolled for 129 against WA yesterday, Tash. And Brett, the Socceroos play their first international at home in almost two years against Saudi Arabia tonight. Yeah, it's big. It's a World Cup qualifier. Saudi Arabia are unbeaten in our group, so certainly quality opposition. And Graham Arnold is urging his players to get in their faces tonight in Sydney. As you mentioned, the first time we've played at home in a long, long time. And he is keen to make a statement. It'd be pretty silly of me to tell the world the, our game plan, but I expect our mentality to get in their faces and, and to make sure that uh, you know we're on the front foot right from the start. Uh, can take another giant step toward uh, Qatar, the World Cup, uh, next year if uh, we beat the Saudis. Absolutely, Brett, fingers and toes crossed. And a Carlton player who is hesitant to have a COVID vaccine has now been identified. Yeah, the future of Liam Jones is clouded amid widespread reports that he is the senior Carlton player refusing to get vaccinated. It would mean the veteran defender can't train or play under Victoria's health rules. Uh, now, they, they have an AFLW player who is now tested positive and a player at Hawthorne has also uh, returned a positive COVID diagnosis. That is Finn McGuinness. Now, this will affect six teams because he took part in a multi-club scrimmage last week. So the likes of Taylor Adams, Braden Maynard, Jeremy Henry, from Collingwood, uh, Essendon star Andrew McGrath, Harry Mackay from the Blues are coming back to the Blues and now being affected again, uh, may all have to go into isolation, although his uh, symptoms didn't appear until days after uh, they took part in that session. And in terms of the AFL draft, of course, uh, the AFL wants to know uh, what the vaccination status is of potential draftees by November 12, so that's tomorrow, and then they will pass that information on to clubs before the national draft later this month. And just wrapping up, Benji Marshall is back at the West Tigers. Played 346 games across two stints. Bit of a messy exit, of course, played at South last year in that losing grand final side. He's returning as an official club ambassador. Good on him. Thanks so much, Brett. Thanks, Tash. And Dylan Alcott has been named Victorian Australian of the Year for 2022. The accolade comes just a day after the Paralympic champion announced his retirement from tennis. Dylan is the first man to win a Golden Slam, taking out all four majors and an Olympic gold in a single year. But it's his achievements off the court that are also being recognised, including his scholarships and grants to marginalised Australians with disabilities. Dylan telling the project it's been a great ride. I never thought it would happen and sport's been that avenue for me to do it and, um, you know, I don't think you're going to see the end of me, but it's the end of me on the tennis court. He's such a champion. Congratulations, Dylan. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's Morning Agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the new listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and we look forward to seeing you tomorrow.